was just watching you all worship. Do you all know how powerful you are? I'm telling you, like I was sitting over there and I just could feel like seriously, like raw power coming out from you in your worship. And I know some of you in here and just to watch, like I've watched beautiful transformation happen. And I feel like some of you are entering into a super significant season of your life. And I kept hearing all through all of the worship, I kept hearing hope springs eternal. Hope springs eternal. And I feel like some of you, the Lord is saying it's okay to hope again. That really it's okay to hope again. And sometimes I think there's areas of our life where we sort of hold back. And yes, I'm super hopeful and I'm full of faith in some areas, but I reserve this one little area because I've been hurt or disappointed so many times. And I really believe the Lord is telling you it is okay to hope again. And I saw y'all, and the Lord keeps talking to me about seed. And two weeks ago, we talked about seed and the seed of the word. And I really do see that you all are seed bed. And in you, you have all of this powerful seed of potential. And hope is watering that stuff. Hope is causing those things to begin to sprout up. And as you begin to hope again and you begin to dream again, and I just see you coming into just this powerful life. So I want you to begin to dream with God and stir those things up. Stir up the affection of your heart in that area. Because I'm telling you, you have no idea the difference that you're making every place that you put your feet. Like seriously, look around this room. Y'all are crazy. In a good way. You're crazy radical. Um, okay, I don't want to take any time today. How many of you were here last, when were you here? September? Yeah. So Muzz was here with us in September. Raise your hand if you got to be here. So fun, wasn't it? Oh my gosh. He is like our new favorite friend. I, he's one of those people that, you know how you meet someone and you just think you know him better than you actually do? So I probably treat you with way more level of familiarity than I should. Because <laughs> I just think that we're just friends. We just so, I mean, really, he's amazing. I can't wait, meet, wait to meet his wife. It's interesting when uh, Anna said it at our family meeting at church on Sunday night. And I remember hearing them talk about y'all. And when Anna and Chuck realized that they were transitioning out, probably of being at Bethel, they said there's two places that we really feel like we could go and plant because they feel like family and we feel just so relationally connected to them. It was us at Kingdom Life and it was Muzz and his wife at Impact, Encounter Life, Encounter Life. And they ended up here and we're super thankful that here comes another man. That's so weird. <laughs> I am just. <laughs> I am just going to take this as a prophetic sign that the men finally would like to listen to a woman's voice. <laughs> Seriously, wouldn't it be great when it's just men and women, and it's not just a women's Bible study? Don't you kind of hate that anyway? Women's Bible study, and there's men's Bible. No, what about just all getting together and doing life and having fun and being in ministry? So thank you guys for being in here. Um, What was I saying? (laughs) Two churches. Two churches. They decided to stay with us. So, uh, Muzz is actually, he, they've transitioned out. It's now Impact Life, I believe, their church, but he travels all over. He's really a father um, to a lot of different churches, a lot of different ministries. He spends a lot of time on the road, and he's already made such an impact and investment in our life um, personally, but also as a church. 
And so we're just super excited to have Murray to come back. So Murray Newman, come on up here. And I'm not going to interrupt you. I'm going to give you this and leave it here. Do you just want to put it in here or do you want to put it in your pocket? Can I clip it on? Yeah, you can I won't clip, move. You're going to clip this on, but I mean, I just don't want you dropping my phone. You you don't, no, no, just leave it there. Got it. I'm not going to interrupt him this time. Last time I kind of... Do you have water? Yeah. Do you want me to get you some water? No, I'm fine. You sure? She'll probably interrupt anyway. She'll get all excited. We got Joey here. Who loves you? Do you love your pastors? Yeah. They're fantastic. They really are great. Um, just the ones who stand up for a moment. I know you've been really comfortable. And who enjoyed that worship? We're going to do something very, very profound right now. I want you to go and tell three girls your favorite ice cream flavor. <laughs> <laughs> Only one? <laughs> Don't have them for tea, we're just sharing about ice cream. Okay, okay, ding, 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 ding. I knew that was a mistake. Yeah, 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 yeah. Free for all. What's your favorite ice cream, Kelly? Chocolate chip. Chocolate chip? Oh, chocolate chip. Cool. Prophetic affirmations in here are crazy. Like, they say, like, this. Oh, okay. All right. Calm down now. All right. I want you to put your hand over your heart and say this prayer with me. Dear Father God, speak to my heart in Jesus' name. Amen. So greetings to you from Doubt Under. So wonderful to be with you. I feel like I don't know how many prophetic words I've had since I've landed in Thursday. So if I repeat some stuff, that's okay. You probably need to hear it twice over. And uh, good to see all your girls are still flourishing, all doing great. And who knows that God has great things for San Antonio. Great things. I really sense like God is moving. He is hovering above you, ready to do something great, ready to drop something amazing. I'm really glad to see that it's raining because it's, it's what I feel is starting to happen. And the rain will get heavier and heavier and heavier. And a cleansing is going to happen to the whole city. A cleansing is going to happen. I don't know. I don't, think, I don't think it's like known as an evil place. But who knows? Uh, let me tell you this. Talking about men, girls, the thing that men really need is holiness. That's actually what they're all after. You know, I know you're already there, girls. But that's really what men are after, holiness. It's the most healthiest thing for a man. And I can see that's what you're going to see. Not, not self-righteousness. But a cleansing of God, God restoring something great to this city of heroes and stuff like that. Cool. But that's not what I'm here for. I just, that just come out. But I want you to go to Job 33. I want to share uh, this morning on identity. As I travel around and go to different places, one of the big things, one of the big issues is identity. We've just had same-sex marriage legalized in Australia. Uh, and I think, is it legal in this state? Yeah. It is here. It's nationally, nationally like that now. 
So, you know, identity is a huge thing. People struggle with it all over the planet now. But, and even beyond that, really knowing who you are and, how, and, and operating from that. Is that cool? Yeah. So I want to give you a few little things that I'm, I'm hoping will really help. Is that okay? Yeah. But let's go to Job 33. Who loves Job? You're crazy. <laughs> but I want to read this to you from Job 33 and verse 24. He says, and then he was gracious to him. Notice the, ca- the capital he's and the little, capital he's and the little he's. So he, God, is gracious to him and says, deliver him from going down to the pit. I have found a ransom. His flesh shall be as young as a child's, and he shall return to the days of his youth. He shall pray to God, and he will delight in him. He shall see the, his face with joy, for he restores to man his righteousness. And then he, little he, when he looks at man and says, I have sinned, I have perverted what was right, and it, and it did not profit me, he will redeem his soul from down in the pit, and his life shall see the light. Behold, God works all things twice, in fact, three times with men to bring back his soul from the pit, that he may be enlightened with the light of life. Let me, let me really start off by this. It's really interesting uh, when you say, well, how, how do we get identity? How does that actually happen? Without a, whole lot of, without a whole lot of stuff, I just want you to get this. Joy equals belonging. Joy equals belonging. Joy is the secret to identity. We feel joyful when we're with my people. That's why when we say identity, who do you, what you're actually saying, I identify with. I, I, identify, I identify with uh, whatever group. I identify with Texans. I identify with the gay community. I identify with bikers. I identify with tradespeople. I identify with... Is that true? Okay. And it's amazing because it's like, I feel like I belong... Because actually when I'm with them, I feel joy or I'm searching for joy or I think if I can get identity from this, it's going to give me joy. Now, joy is not happiness. Happiness is the attainment of things. I'll be happy when. Right. I'll be happy if. But joy is an internal spiritual thing. It's what drives us. Joy is what drives us. You'll do all sorts of crazy things in, all sort of, in order to actually feel joy. In our emotions, in our soul, it will manifest as happiness, but joy is an internal force. It's from God. If you like, the atmosphere of heaven is joy. That's actually the atmosphere. And from that, all sorts of things happen. Now, girls, who's here had a baby? You're there, it's very good. Now, you'll know if you fed that baby, 
that it's all designed up. When, when you're feeding it, when you're feeding it and you're holding it, you have eye contact with it. Is that true? Yes. And I've, you know, experienced and seen that with my own wife and son, that when they'd have eye contact, now that's very interesting. And without, again, all sorts of stuff here that I'll work with people, do you know what? We, we before we can speak, understand anything, understand joy. And we are seeing whether, and, they, and they've measured all sorts of things with babies and kids, that a baby can actually pick up whether a mum's stressed, whether a mum is happy, whether a mum is unhappy, whether, they, whether the mum wants them or not, whether the mum is reluctant about the whole thing, whether the mother, oh, okay, I've got you, I suppose I have to feed you and look after you, or the mother is absolutely delighted in you. From the get-go, from the, that's how we're designed, from the get-go, to get joy from belonging. From belonging. In other words, like this. Joy comes from knowing that someone delights in me. And you've sung that all this morning. Is that true? You sung, you, you sung and all that. You, I, you find me and I find you. That he delights in us. And let me tell you something. That is, we need to stay there. We need to live from that place. We need to live from that place. See, you could, you could say, um, oh, I've got so much here. See, belonging equals joy. Have you got that? Now, this is profound, and I want to. This is how life works. Are you ready? This is how life actually works. God, people, stuff. <laughs> is that true? Yes. Yeah. Say it to me again. God, people, stuff. And whenever you get that order out of order, life won't work. And so many of us don't have the order right, and we wonder why it doesn't work. Because guess why? Joy. Joy, we go after joy, it should be in that order. And when we try to get joy from number one stuff, isn't that so disappointing? And again, if number two, we try to get joy from people, man, that's really disappointing. And I found this, you know what? And this is my secret weapon, is this. I have learned to enjoy people even if they don't enjoy me. <laughs> See, you're all a victim of me. See, it doesn't matter what you say, what you do, you know, and, and it manifests like that because, and, and I get that a lot. Oh, we just feel like, you know, you belong. You're part of our family. Yeah, I know, because I've got this little operating in the spirit thing going on that you're a victim of because I'm delighting in you. Even if you don't delight in me. But that's going to now permeate. And I, see, I'm an experimenter. Ex, you know, being a prophet, you have to be on the edge and you're out there finding out stuff in the spirit of God, in the other realm, if you like, for another word. So I was, so I was sitting in the house 
And Susie will be arting or studying or doing one of her things, and I'll sit there and go, Lord, I'm not saying anything. Just sit there and go, Lord, I'm just so thankful that I'm here with Susie. And I'm just going to emit that. I'm just glad to be with you, baby. Not say it, not just sit here, work or do something. But underneath that is that flow. And I can remember her once and she's going, she stopped and she looked at me and went, yeah, I'm like you being in here. Well, that was a plus. Isn't that amazing? You just, just try it with people. Because you'll start to emit something. Change something. See, I'm always trying to tell believers, we need to operate from and not to. Your whole Christian experience is going to be, you're going to discover, hopefully from now on, how much, every day you're discovering how much Jesus loves you. You're discovering it as a present tense. Is that true? You're all of a sudden finding out, wow, he really, 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 really does love me. And guess what? Tomorrow I'm going to find out. I'm going to find out even more so how much more he loves me than he did yesterday. Isn't that amazing? And so I'm not looking for his love. I'm not trying to get his love. I have it. And from there, I'm going to start to operate. Yes? Yes. So he delights in you. You are are the twinkle in the Father's eye. Might not feel like that sometimes, but that's the truth of it. That's the truth of it. And we've got to go on a journey of finding that out. Let me, let me put it some, some other way. See, we've got to... Let's go to Nehemiah chapter 8. This is a famous scripture, and I hear people quote it all the time. But they only quote the last bit of it. And in Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10, the end of it, of course, says, For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Who's heard that scripture? Well, let's read the first part of it. And even let me put it in context. So Nehemiah, you know, Nehemiah was sent to go and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And in doing that, he gets, he gets to do that. And then all of a sudden he finds out that none of these people are reading the Bible. They don't know their Bible. They don't know the promises. They don't know how they're supposed to be living. They don't know the principles. So he builds a platform and gets a priest up there to read the Bible to them. Imagine that for church. And it rains. And they all stand in the rain while the whole, the first four books of the Bible are read out loud. And everyone cries. Because, you know, often a, a, a big thing, a big thing that happens to us is that we find out what's possible and then our reality. And the gap between that, that's why social media is so toxic to people. Because everybody takes photos of their, their best or their projected best. None of their worst. Like no one, no one takes a photo of a, like, a, I would say a Vegemite sandwich for lunch. But a peanut butter sandwich for lunch. They always show you this funky thing from a cafe. Is that true? You know? Or where they are out at, with friends and you're at work. And everybody thinks, well, that's where they all are at and this is here. And the gap between that, your reality and your expectation is your level of sadness. Wow. Say that again. 
I don't know if I can say that again. <laughs> so your level ex- expectation yeah. and your reality, the gap between that, the gap between that level of disappointment or sadness. I've learned this. I have no expectation of people. I have no expectation of you. you, you you're off the hook. <laughs> it's not like I don't believe you and not for you, but I'm not after anything. If you're kind to me or loving or encouraging me, that's a plus. Because I wasn't expecting that. I don't expect that. Because I'm coming from more, more encouragement and more acceptance than you could ever give me. That's so good. Is that true? Because it's God, people, stuff. Now, Nehemiah all of a sudden he finds out that everybody's in heartache. So he, he says this to them. So he said to them, go your way, eat the fat. Okay, I thought that was good news. <laughs> Drink the sweet. Send your portions to them whose nothing is prepared, for this is a holy day to the Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Like that scripture is, he is saying this to heartache. He is saying this to disappointment. He is saying this to people who are in shame. He is saying this to broken people. He's saying, you know what? The joy of the Lord is your strength. Let me put it to you this way. The real you, born again you, the best example of born again you, like it depends on your theology. And I've found as I travel, there's all sorts of different theologies about this. There, there, there is like the old man and the new man. Like I'm a new man, I was named that. <laughs> and there's old man somewhere, I think he's an actor. <laughs> Gary Oldman. Is that true? So there was, there was me... Me before Jesus, more before I surrendered my life to him. And then there's me after Jesus. Or it's like this. There's born again mus and there's fleshly mus. Now, sometimes we flip between the two. We're schizo. Man, we are so good at raising the dead. Because we can raise our old self. So quick. But see, we have to find out who our identity really is. And this is, this is the thing. If you just get this today, I win. Joyful you is the real you. Joyful you is the real you. And the enemy will try to tell you you're a fake, that you're a hypocrite when you're like that. He'll say, don't do that. No, no, that's not you. But that's you. Joyful you is the real you. That's actually who you are. That's actually here. And then I'll, I'll prove it to you, okay? Is this. It's almost impossible, impossible for the enemy to tempt you when you're joyful. Let me put it this way, see? You all talked about your ice cream. And man, I, I've been around you, Texas now for nearly a week and you like food. <laughs> okay, so, and Joey likes food. Joey likes feeding people. 
Imagine if he was a chef. Oh, man, we'd all be as big as a house. So we're going to give a bit of, in, bit of feedback now. Uh, entrees, do you know what that is? First thing? Call out some entrees for me. Your favourite. What? No, entrees. Appetisers. Appetisers. That is that? Hors d'oeuvres. Hors d'oeuvres. Oh, whatever that is. Cheese. Cheese. Melted cheese. That cheese dip thing? Yeah. So that thing? Yeah. Salsa? Those yeah. sort of things? Yeah. What's that for you? I'll translate all the dishes for you into Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Calipinos, all that, okay? So you've had it. So we'll have that. Now, mains. What are we having? Steak. Steak. Briskets. Briskets. Whatever that is. Fajitas, fish, kangaroo tail. That's dessert, darling. That's dessert. <laughs> <laughs> Any more? Lasagna. Lasagna. Oh, that's a good main. Chicken marsala. Oh yeah, come on. We'll have some of that. So, are you full yet? Not quite. Not quite. There's a different stomach for dessert, isn't there? Okay, now desserts, girls. Come on. Okay, ice cream. You don't have pavlova, do you? No. Oh, you should. I tell you what, anyone that does that in America is going to make millions of dollars. Cheesecake. What's that? Tiramisu. Come on. Creme brulee. Do you know that one? All that stuff. Fruit salad. Just ice cream. Of all the flavours and varieties. Alright, now let's talk, walk down the road and we'll get coffee and chocolate. Yeah? yeah? Are you full yet? After dessert. After dessert, oh yeah. <laughs> Are you full yet? Yeah. Now imagine we've all done that and we walk back to the car and I find an apple core in the gutter. And I pull that out and go, what do you want this? <laughs> See, what did you do? You laughed at me. Because what? You're an idiot. <laughs> We're about to fall into food coma and you want me to eat an apple core. From the gutter. <laughs> Role play the thing all the way back, rewind it. Now none of us have eaten for two weeks. And I pull out the apple core. Could be a punch up. A Donnybrook, we would say. A fight to get to the apple core, is that true? That's why when you're joyful, you're bulletproof. That's why the enemy cannot tempt you when you're joyful. It can't, doesn't work. He won't even come at you. He'll have a scheme to come and then he sees you that you're joyful. And, oh man, I'll have to wait for another opportunity. Because right now it's a complete waste of time. A complete waste of time. <laughs> but see, then there's the unholy trinity... Of this. Sad, tired, and hungry. Oh, man. So easy to get you then. Or put this one in. And lonely. That's when the enemy will come at you to make a choice. That's when, G when what? How was it when Jesus was tempted by the devil? What was happening? 
Hungry? Tired? Lonely? Tired? And what does he attack? If you are. His identity. His identity. That's when he came at him. If you are. If you are. He won't come at you when you're joyful. I'm helping you here. Now I'm not saying we're always going to be joyful, but see, Paul talks about it, New Testament. He says, rejoice in the Lord. When? Always. Mm, so always. And again, he says, when? Always. See, I feel like my message of in this season is to say to the church, you know, our default shouldn't be just like from angry to, to I don't know, ecstasy. You know, in our emotional thing, is we think the middle is neutral. Just neutral. I want to change the default and slide it up a bit to our, my screensaver is joyful. Now, it might say on the outside, it might not. But in the inside, are you joyful? And that comes from what? Belonging, come on. It comes from belonging. When I realize I belong. See, let me just give you a few points too, and then we're going to pray for some people. I suppose that's what I should do. You know, I was at a meeting, and I was preaching really, really good. And I'd done that, and I was finished. I thought I was dusted. And then the pastor gets up and goes, like, do your thing. So I'll do my thing in a minute. See, number one, you've got to learn to go your way. See, you've got to understand your uniqueness. <laughs> You're never going to be, enjoy being someone else. Right. You have to settle it. You have to go, this is who I am. This is how God's wired me. This, this is the way I operate. This is the way God made me. This is it. This is my gift set. This is my calling. And this is what I'm going to do. Your way. Do you know your way? Part of being in fellowship, and even what Joey was saying on Sunday, was like, Getting people around you, they can reveal your identity to you so that then you can know your destiny. Yeah. Very profound statement. It comes from that. Sometimes we're all trying to perfuse someone else's destiny because we don't know our identity. It's the first thing to do. What, we name a child as fast as we can. Is that true? So that they know who they are. So do you know who you are? If you don't know who you are, get on. That's the first job. That is 101. Find out what God, how God has made you. Find out your uniqueness and fulfill that. Be the best you you can be. See, because again, joyful you is the real you. <laughs> you know, it's 2 Corinthians 10, 12. <laughs> For we not, do not dare class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves. Those who measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves amongst themselves are not wise. Is that true? You cannot compare yourself to me. You can't compare yourself to Kelly. You can't compare yourself to Anna. You can't compare yourself to Emery. You can't. It's actually impossible. It's like apples and oranges. You can't be compared. You cannot be measured by anyone other than how much the Lord delights in you. He wanted you, that's why he made you, so he can delight in you. you will, and you see, let me say this to you. See, your way is so important because there are things that you need to say and speak into this world that will never happen unless you do them. 
or you say them, or you believe for them, or you manifest them. They are in, locked up in you so that eternity will be different because of the way you see eternity. Man, come on. And it will never happen without you doing it. Never be revealed unless you start to get on board with who you are and what you're doing. Are you hearing me? So there is a way. Oh, there's all sorts of stuff there. We'll scroll down. <laughs> you want to say anything, Kelly? Oh, no, you're good. I'm good. I'm doing all right, am I? You're doing great. Oh, thank you. But here's the big one. Eat the fat. Amen. <laughs> Come on. My wife, is a, she's an artist, but she's a, she's a trained uh, nutritional health coach. She has clients. So we eat seeds. <laughs> Uh, but I'm all right for 85, aren't I? <laughs> I'm not. But, but, but the thing is, and, and it was interesting, when we were doing church, there was uh, a chef, and I asked him, because I'm having to eat all this stuff and train and do all these things, and I said to him, oh, do you ever learn about nutrition? And he looked at me and went, no. We learn about flavour. I went, really? He goes, yeah, and it's in the fat. Just tap that and go, oh, the flavor's in the fat. Come on, Joey. Eat the fat. You can all go home and say, tear up your scales and... No, don't do that, Susie. You'll kill me for saying that. But see, fat is stored up from good times. It's about rejoicing. It's about, look at all the faithfulness of God. It's about recalling. It's about, look at what God's added to me. And living from that. Fat makes you work harder and longer. I knew a couple of... Uh, I, uh, way in the beginning of my walk with God, there was a, the pastor's son that we were under was an Olympic-grade cyclist. And he had to. Like he would, he'd go on rides 120 kilometres. What's that? 60 miles, roughly. Every day. And they would tell him, you've got to have fat, rocket fuel. That's what you need. So you've got to eat the fat. See? Look, 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 look at this little scripture. Isaiah 10, 20, 27. Look at this for fat. This is a scripture for fat. Isaiah 10, 27. From the Amplified. And it shall be in that day that the burden of the Assyrian shall depart from your shoulders and his yoke from your neck. For the yoke, the yoke shall be destroyed because of the fatness that prevents it from going around your neck. Imagine the enemy having a trap for you, bondage for you, and he comes up behind you and goes, oh, this will not fit. Because of the fatness. His trap won't work. His bondage won't fit you anymore. You've got to learn to enjoy. <laughs> See, in 1 Timothy 6 verse 17, it says, Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haunting, but to trudge in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. I've learned this. <laughs> Everything that I enjoy, I own. 
I don't have to own a thing to enjoy it. But if I enjoy a thing, I kind of own it. There's something for you to think of. Next one. Drink the sweet. You've got to go your way. You've got to eat the fat. And you've got to drink the sweet. Bitter thoughts or sweet thoughts? What do you like? What sort of thoughts do you have? May the med- Psalm 104 verse 34. I've got lots of scriptures because I knew Kelly would like this. If you've got no idea for a prophet to keep on track and keep spitting out scriptures like this is God. <laughs> we only need one and off we go. Psalm 104 verse 34. May the meditation, may my meditation be sweet to him and I will be glad in the Lord. There you go. This is not a new doctrine, not a new. This is a huge principle in the kingdom. To be joyful. Bitter thoughts or sweet thoughts. Philippians 4 verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are of just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these. Who knows if your brain would default to those things? Joy. Is that true? Many of us suffer from an undisciplined mind. We're not subject to our mind. Our mind is meant to be subject to our spirit, to the joy and the presence of God in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory. So we have to learn to operate from joy, from acceptance. (laughs) See, what, you know, like I deal, I counsel a lot of pastors, a lot of staff, a lot of teams, and often, you know, the dad thing, I had such a, oh, I don't know what's even a bad dad. I had such a bad dad, you know. This has nothing to do with it. I know, I'm going to let you, you're, I'll tell you what, you can't use that with me. Because you have such a great dad. In other words, what you're actually saying is, his love for me cannot undo what man has done to me. It's unbelief. Unbelief. You can see why I'm not pastoring anymore, hey. (laughs) <laughs> it's unbelief. I, I, I've, got to, I've got to not live from my rejection of what man's done to me. I need to live from my acceptance of what Jesus has done for me. He's pulled me out of the pit. He has found a ransom for me. And he will work with me over, not just once, not but twice, not but three times, but he will keep working with man until I get it. Is that true? Yes. Because he's found a ransom for me. That he will delight in me. That his face will shine. What happens when a person shines? They light up too, isn't it? That's what happens. So we have to learn to drink the sweet. And this is the kicker, of course. Do not sorrow. Full stop. That's a little bit like Nehemiah saying, you know what? Get over it. I don't know for some temperaments and some personality, it's, and, and, and some of you here might be even medicating or doing stuff, you know. Totally get that. But guess what? Whatever treatment you are, you're having, God does not want you to stay that way. I'll say that. If I break my arm and I put it in a cast, that's great. Is that true? Yes. That's so that it can, it's so it can heal. But if I leave it in the cast, atrophy starts to set in. The bone might get healed, but then other things start to go wrong. True? 
So I totally understand, you know, medicating and, and getting help to do that. But don't stay there. You're not sinning. I'm not saying that. But you need to recover. You need to, again, you think that sad you is you. It's not true. Well, I'm just a depressed person. But see, that's an identity. And I'm not talking about a happy person. I'm not talking about extrovert. I'm talking about joyful. I'm talking about an overcoming the way you look at life is full of hope. There's always a solution. All that sort of stuff. You know that. But I tell you what, when you're, when you're joyful, it's so easy to default for that. Is that true? You, are, you're, you, you can solve problems when you're happy. When things go wrong, if things go wrong and you're joyful, it's like, oh, yeah, that's okay. This will be fun. True? Yeah. Isn't it true? Yes. If, you're, if, if, it's, if, it's, if it's fun, you'll do all sorts of things. Like, you look, so in, in, in your nation, people freeze to death at the same day people are skiing. <laughs> so what's going on? Just a different attitude to the whole thing. Is that true? Yes. It's exactly the same circumstance. Some people are having fun, other people are really, really suffering. Um, <laughs> and of course, see, uh, let, me, let me say this. Your level of joy is your level of abiding. Good spiritual exercise. How fast can you return to joy? Does it take you days? I want you to, I want you to get it to fifteen seconds. I want you to get it to fifteen seconds. In every circumstances, you've got about a three to five second window. What you're going to do. The greatest thing that God has given to us all is choice. You choose, you choose, you choose this day who you will serve. Life or death are before you. Today choose. Isn't it funny? And then the Lord says to them, choose life, gives them a little hint. Like, come oh, on, let me encourage you. Uh, 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 this one, this is the one to choose. Isn't that funny? Because he knows that we can default, now that we're broken, we will default to sad. We will default to the victim. We will default to mm, Eeyore. You know Eeyore, Winnie the Pooh? Oh, yeah. I knew this was going to happen. Whereas, see, Tigger, Tigger, who bounces around on his tail. You know Tigger? Tigger who wrecks everything all the time and thinks it's awesome. Tigger, it literally manifests the spirit of joy. Yeah. And it drives, isn't it? And it just makes everybody else manifest. Which is interesting to me. <coughs> Let me say this. Another spiritual exercise. Ready? How fast can you shut down anxiety? Greater is he that can rule his own soul than he can take a city. Our greatest problem is actually an internal one, not an external one. You've probably heard that before. Yeah? 
If I had a whiteboard, you know how we used to, I, I probably can show you. You know how we used to draw like three circles? So we've got a body and then another circle and then there's our soul and then we do another circle and that's our spirit is this little like little dot. That's all we got, a little spirit yeah. inside this great big body. I'm starting to draw it the other way around. What if your spirit holds the rest of you? And when you, when you think of it, you know, like Peter's shadow healed people. Something happening outside of this. Cool? Now can I do my thing? Is that okay, Pastor? You want to add anything to that? You sure? Oh, really? Teaching. I actually did teaching. Far out. If we recorded it, I can prove I did it. All right. Are you ready? I've got a list here. I wrote a list. Okay. How will I do this? Uh, where was the lady that's sitting in that chair? She's gone. Missed out. <laughs> it's okay. Don't panic. She'll come back. It's all right. I have no expectation. Hey. <laughs> lady. See the lady in the cream? cream I would yeah, you just looked at me then. You saw this lovely lady. Yeah, you with your mouth just went open. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes, you. God is going to do six miracles for you. Six. Count them. Only six. No, you're going to get more than that. But There's going to be six breakthroughs, six ministering spirits, six great things happen to you. Even, you know, often we, only have, often we have five problems. You know, so you think he's going to solve the five problems and then do something that's unexpected. Even right now. Even right now, there's six things. And I, I encourage you. I wish I could say the six. I've got no idea what the six is other than there's the six. So I encourage you, you and your husband, sit down. What's the six problems? They're going to be solved. You name them and he'll solve them. He's going to... What? Oh, really? Well, there's one. Although that could be a problem. Then you'll have six problems. You're single. Always been single. Oh, man, I'm dumb, hey? Well, Father, we just pray you saw that out. But you're going to, six things are going to get solved anyway, in Jesus' name. Um, I just got to find the person that I had that for. You little darling. Some of you look like kids, like children. And you're here thinking, why aren't you at school? <laughs> and you know like a turnstile, a turnstile in a shopping centre? You know how you go through it and it goes around and around? We've got to wait. We've got to wait until the phone's in. It's being recorded. You know, sometimes life is so spun you. It's just gone. And you get, and also, but from now, from today, you're going to not be a turnstile. You're going to all of a sudden like be a, uh, like a gate and go, yes, you can go through. No, you can't. No, no, no. Yes. 
You're going to have, all of a sudden, it's going to be, so you're going to happen to life instead of life happening to you. There's going to be such a like, nah, nah, I'm not putting up with this. This is now what's going to happen. You're not allowed in my house. That is allowed in the house. Cool? Hopefully your husband and your kids are all allowed in. But... Uh, the sister over there with the beautiful hair. Yes, darling. You're going to lasso things. You're going to lay hold of things that you are out of your reach. And you're going to pull them back towards you. The things that uh, you've actually seen stuff, you thought, oh, I don't know if I could have that. I don't know if I could live like that. I don't know. If... Yes. God is saying yes. If you lay hold of them, you're going to get them. God's going to super. Start praying. Start praying in Jesus' name. The guitar player, is he still here? He's run off. He had to go. Tell him he's a pointer. He points and it's almost like, you know how you know, point a dog? You know how they go? There it is. He's literally going to guitar player man, is that you are going to point out where the breakthrough is going to happen. You're going to point out where the, where the, where the um, evangelism can break out. You're going to, he's going to point out opportunity in the kingdom. He's going to point that out. Um, <laughs> who's this person I've got? Got a, you all moved. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna move. I'm gonna move on. All the blondes stand up. Wow. Oh, well, who cares? You know, you get in. I could say I'm blonde. You've got streaks. You're in. Aren't you blonde? That's blonde, is it? That's mousy blonde, I don't care. If you were blonde, if you want to be blonde, you're all going to make a difference. I just want to declare over you from, from now on, you're going to make a difference. You're going to make a huge difference. Just your presence is going to make a difference. You're going to bring breakthrough. You're going to bring breakthrough. And you're going to, if you like, your very presence is actually going to bring the presence of God like never before in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, this is another group one. The, the brunette, here you go, the brunette's going to go. There. Not Chuck. Cindy? Cindy. Cindy. Please stand up. There's going to become like a healing perfume come out of you. A healing perfume is going to radiate from you. And it's just going to be like, you won't even almost have to lay hands on people. They're just going to, they're going to get radically healed. Like people will almost come up to you and go, something just happened when you walked in. It's going to be very, very supernatural around about you. Not only that, is I see people that have mental illnesses are going to really get healed around you. Trauma, all sorts of stuff like that. Just you, you being with them, it's almost like they'll get the sniff of your hair. It's like that. You know, you smell people's hair, like you give them a hug and you go, oh man, what have you been? What do you use? Not that it would ever help me. But it's going to be like that. And it'll be like deliverance will happen to people in Jesus' name. Oh, he's going to, he's, now this is the one I was busting to get to. Who has five year olds? 
Who's got a five-year-old? There, there. Stand up. You have a five-year-old too. It's your day. Do you know how, you know how like when they're five, they start to go to school? Does that happen here? They go to school. All of a sudden, you, you're about to start a new season. The same. It's literally like this. What is happening to your child is going to happen to you in the spirit. It's going to, you know how they shift. They get more independent. They have to learn to share. They have to learn to like get on with people. Do you know what I mean? They have to get, learn to get themselves organized. All those sort of more adult things is happening to you in your spirit. In fact, you're going to be able to uh, put things together like you never have before. And you're going to learn to share who you are with others and it's going to be amazing for you you've just spent it's kind of like you've been in your own little thing but now you're going to move into something much bigger world of people and of learning and of growing and you get to have a nap in the afternoon (laughs) do they do that here oh that's so good in Jesus name Bless you, girls. (laughs) All right. Who's wearing red? Oh, Chuck. Yeah, purple. That'll count. Purple. This is your word. Fun, fun, fun. Fun, fun, fun is going to start to be like, yeah. You're going to just look. You're going to have fun, fun. You're going to run, run. And it's, yeah. And it's, and it's going to re-energize you and repurpose you in Jesus' name. Because it's going to, like, literally, what I've shared this morning, it's going to supernaturally attach to your spirit and you're going to get it. You're going to really, really get this. And joy is going to just, it's going to be a whole new way of looking at things in Jesus' name. Cool? Pastor Kelly, I saw you. I know, you keep getting words, hey. Is this, even when I came in here, I thought, and he said to me, I got another word for Kelly, and it's this. It's like you're... You know, you know when a girl goes from 14 to 16 and they all of a sudden bloom? That's what's happening to you. A whole new refreshing, a whole new budding, a whole new refreshing is going to happen to you. you it's going to be like you blossom. How cute. <laughs> you would have been really cute when you blossomed when you were 16, hey? Yeah. It's like a new, a whole new thing for your ministry, for church, marriage, the kids, family. It's all going to blossom like never before. It's going to be a very, very, very wonderful season, the next season, of really flourishing. You're going to flourish. That's why even I would say that's why what even happened to you last month was just trying to shut that all down. You know, when you think of it, you happened because something was blossoming. But now the reverse is going to happen. You're going to blossom and you're going to thrive. Like You're going to really thrive in Jesus' name. And Anne-Marie, I know I talked to you the other night about your calling. 
how you have to, but it's more than that. And it's like, like the Lord really helped me clarify that for you some more. Is this, not only are you meant to, you're meant to call out people's callings. Your calling from now on is to call out people's callings. Not only to give out the calling that you have, do you know what I mean? But to now call that out. And God's going to really give you, it really is going to give you like a father's anointing. To name them. To give identity. To do that. And you name them and they will become it. Literally like Adam when the Lord would present something to him. And they say that when it was kind of, if Bible scholars say that God brought animals to him, it was like he said giraffe. And it's actually when man said giraffe, it became a giraffe. And that's what God is going to do with your mouth, Anne-Marie. It's not so much what you, it's not so much praise and worship. Now is what your mouth is for. Now your mouth is for calling out identity. That is very good. I wish I got that word. I like that word. Now, I just want to, I just want to minister to this, and the Lord spoke to me about this. And I want a reaction. I don't, I don't, I'm just going to look at the floor and say it. Because I don't. There is someone here, and alcohol, alcoholism is in your family, or you struggle with it. Whatever that is, it's around you. God's going to do something today about that and change that. So I'm just going to pray. Father, I thank you that you are going to deliver that sister right now from that and break the power of that in her family and in her family line that it's no longer, we just cause it to cease right now in Jesus' name. Amen. See, my, my dad, my dad was born in prison. Violence was our background. Like, look at my ears. And we got delivered from it. My brother played football, like football without pillows wrapped to yourself <laughs> and a helmet. My brother played football to fight. And we, but we got delivered from it. We got delivered from it. My dad and my brother and I just prayed for each other. That we would no longer do that. That would not be our default. So in that, whoever you are, you don't have to come and see me. You go see the, the one who is about to ransom you from the pit. Yeah. Remember, it's not, it's not I, I understand ministry, I know how it works. But you know what? It's God, yeah. God, yeah. people, yeah. stuff. Yeah. True? Yeah, so true? True? The lady in the grey, cardigan I call that, jumper, dotty, is it grey? Yes. Oh yeah, whatever. It's you, you. Pink. Rhinestone here. And our power pack over there, blonde hair. Marilyn Monroe over there. <laughs> now, for some of you, this is going to be easy. For some of you, this is a real challenge. Evangelism. 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 
Not evangelist, evangelism. People are going to get saved around you about you. God wants you to pray, seek, and get opportunity to lead people to him. Look for it. Pray for it. Go for it. It's a season of that for you. In Jesus' name. And the final one is, who here wants to be a grandmother and you're not a grandmother yet? <laughs> okay, let's stand up. Oh, that'll be You so need to be a grandmother, hey? Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> so ready. So ready. Joey is even more ready. <laughs> All right, well, Father, we just pray right now that man, that you are the author of life. So I pray right now for babies. In Jesus' name. Babies to come by the dozens. In Jesus' name. I pray that, Lord, that in the... In, yeah, by the dozens. There to be... You know, the good sign of a healthy church is new Christians and pregnant women. Engaged couples. Hey? And engaged couples. And engaged couples. Have you got them? That's what you told us. Yeah. Is that what I said? You said that to us once, yeah. Okay. Three things. And engaged couples. Are there any there's engaged couples at church? Yes. Good. Pregnant women? Yeah, pregnant women. Always. And you Christian? And always. That's very good. But for grandparents, that's what's going to happen. Those dozens yeah. of babies are like spread out, right? Like we didn't just pray that my son's going to have a dozen children. At once? No, we're not going to do that. I feel like there's one more thing. I keep going, okay, that's it, and then there's one more thing. Go for it, We've got time to wait. Go for it. Hit it. We're good. Okay. Um, oh, okay. Who's been waiting? It's like, who's waiting for something to happen? Well, that's such a bizarre thing. Oh, my God. Here we go. Okay, okay, stand up. I get this, you know, like Joseph. Joseph... Joseph was in the well and he'd done everything. It's like you've done everything you can to do the right thing. You know, like he had the word of, he encouraged the, 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 the cupbearer and the baker. And, and the, the cupbearer got such a great word that the baker went, give me one. And he went, yeah, you're going to get your head cut off in two days. <laughs> and then, but, but the, but the cupbearer gets restored and then, um, Joseph says, remember me. And then two years go past. And there is about to become a suddenly for you all because all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the baker, someone in it had, you know, someone had a problem and the, the cupbearer went, oh, wait a minute. I know someone. I know someone that can help you. It's like that's what's happening right now. There's a problem in the kingdom that's happening. And it's almost weighted. It's like, see, we think we, we actually grow bigger in the waiting. We get fatter in the waiting. We get more joyful. You see? You know, like, you're all going to give birth. It's coming. All of a sudden, the waters break and wham, it's on, baby. It's happening. Boil the water. 
So there's all of a sudden, in, in, in one day, Chuck Ma, in one day, Joseph all of a sudden had to have a shower, shave all his hair, get dressed, and stand in front of Pharaoh and bring it. So you're gonna, God is preparing, God is doing great things in you. You don't think that, but God is doing great things. And all of a sudden, it's going to be a suddenly, and you're going to have to do your thing. And when you do your thing, when you know who your thing is, and you are who you are, that thing is going to bring great reward to you. And the, the rest of your destiny, darling, is going to take off. Yeah? yeah? Can you see that? Yes. See, if I, sit down. See, if I, was told, if I told you this, you were going to get 40 no's before you got your yes. That would change everything, wouldn't it? You'd be banging on doors trying to get no's. <laughs> and keeping score. Where are we up to? Oh, we're only 25 no's. We need some more no's. That's the season you're in. God knows exactly how many no's you need before he's going to give you a yes. That's a good word. That's a good word. No. Man, it's flowing out. This is still the same word going. No is a love word. Is that right, mums? No is a love word. Would you, like, the cake needs to get cooked. Don't, you know, I go to open up stuff to look in the oven. No! True? Yeah, he's saying no. Because he's waiting for the yes. He's got to get it all lined up. Things, there's, there's actually got to be a problem before you get a go. Often our opportunities in God come because of a problem. Not because of blessing. Not because of uh, something wonderful is happening. It's because there's a crisis. And the crisis is actually going to be your opportunity. Are you hearing me? It's going to be a need that needs to be met. It's going to be something that needs to be healed. It's going to be something that needs a word. It's going to need something that needs to be given. There's going to be an opportunity. Are you hearing me? We're going to have to step up with nothing and come up with something. That's what's going to open it up for you. I even believe that the season in your ch- in, in for kingdom life is like that. It's going to be the big problem that's going to open up the next big thing. See, we think that it's... Okay, this is still the same thing. It's like, see, we've got to learn to go from... miracles to blessing. From miracles to blessing. In other words, you remember the first time you bought a house or you rented a house and you thought, how are we ever going to pay for this? And it was like $50 a week. Remember that? Oh, I do. And then after a little while, it's nothing. True? And so now you're not waiting for breakthrough anymore. It's not a breakthrough to pay that. But then there's this other thing that happens. 
And then that needs a breakthrough. God is wanting to move kingdom life into a place of blessing. And you into a place of blessing. Joseph. Joseph has been the theme while I've been in San Antonio. Joseph brought breakthrough to people because people could see that God was with him. And who did he bring the blessing to? To him? To them. You are here to bring breakthrough to others. I'm going to preach on that on Thursday night. Now I really know how well I'm going to do. So, so, yeah, I've said it out now. Now I'm stuck. So he, he was there and you, you, you must understand, see, Joseph wore an earring the rest of his life. He was a slave his whole life. Oh, he was a wealthy slave. He was a privileged slave, but he always had an earring. And he brought breakthrough. You're hearing that? He, he was a slave for the rest of his life. Pharaoh's slave. He had to ask. Remember, he, he wanted to go and bury his father, and he had to ask permission to do that. And he was made to come back. See, sometimes we want out of our circumstances. We want out. But see, oh man, I can feel the heart of God. We're here for others. We're so wanting breakthrough for ourselves when actually we're here to bring breakthrough for others. Bring blessing for others. Because you're, you're coming from blessing. You're coming from acceptance. You're coming from joy. You're coming from significance. You're not trying to be significant, trying to get notes, do anything. Remember, oh, okay. In the next three minutes, here's some quick points. When, again, when, when the, the devil came to tempt Jesus, we'll go back there, he did, he did three temptations. Turn these stones into bread. Do something relevant to the need we're not meant to do things relevant we're meant to be prophetic we're not waiting for the world to do something and then the church react to it we need to give them what they really need which is life joy hope is that true they don't need to be, yeah, we can feed them and clothe them, we can do all of that, but Rotary do that. Is that true? Yeah. Or do this, so we do something relevant. Tempts him to do that. Do something relevant. Joseph did more than feed the people. He delivered them. He, he, went from, he just went from making Egypt a nation to the superpower. He did more than feed them. He did something so much greater. 
He started an e- like economy. The next thing was, <laughs> you know, jump off a tower, do something spectacular. You don't have to prove anything. When Joseph was, man, this is, I should. When Joseph was asked, when he stood before Pharaoh, like, this is still the same word. When Joseph stood before Pharaoh, it was so, he could have done something so spectacular. But he didn't. He said, you know what? The answer for this is in God. Humble. He didn't sort of go, all right, okay, I can do my thing. You watch this. And then he says, you know what? You probably need someone to help you do this. So you can say things like that when you're significant. And then the last thing is like, you know, fall down and worship me. You know, do something powerful. And see, the church is so crazy about being relevant, being significant, and being powerful. And we get blindsided by trying to be those three things, proving that we are powerful, proving that we are relevant, proving. You know when someone has to prove something, shows that they're not. And breakthrough is coming. I pray even from today, what you've been waiting for, the deliverance and the freedom that you have come, and you are going to have such ministries that you will not believe it. But you won't believe it because it's not going to be what you think it is. And it's not going to be what you think it is. It's not going to be what you think it is. That's enough of a bomb, hey. More on Thursday night. In Jesus' name. Amen.